Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Will Larison, and this is the Union Addressed. Today's episode, it is not seems. And uh, we're picking the conversation up from where we were. Uh, we had in our minority report. Um, this isn't a series. We're just saying that for the sake of if you have listened to our uh, most recent show, um, there's a great deal of what we discussed in there that we're also going to reintroduce here today. We just don't want it to seem like it's, you know, that we're uh, just saying the same things. When we talk about, and in this episode uh, really coalesced around a conversation that I had with a friend. Um, not a, well, a, a, a exchange on Facebook, rather. Um, and it wasn't anything strange or anything, but uh, my friend um, is in, uh, I met him when I was in the Navy. Uh, we were both CBs. Uh, we both, so we're both former sailors at this point. Um, but I met him uh, uh, near toward the end of my um, time in the Navy, um, but he was in the CBs and um, he's an Australian uh, American. Uh, he was uh, obtained a citizenship uh, I believe like a couple years ago, uh, but I know he's been a citizen here now for uh, for a while. Um, but he was already serving our nation uh, as a uh, member of the uh, our U.S. Navy's civil engineers, the Seabees. Um, uh, he's a Seabee, and so um, one of the things that it's great to be able to do uh, to be able to appreciate, you know, every someone's point of view that. Is truly is is unique. Uh, his experience, especially when it comes down to people or communities of color, being able to uh, be represented or otherwise um, be in a position of any sort of economic um, uh, influence, uh, however um, slight or what have you, uh, or however great, really is some experience that they're not. Uh, familiar with because even in, uh, for example, my friend, he's not just someone who his family moved here and then he was born here. No, he he truly immigrated here uh, to the United States from another functional democracy. And so his experiences when it comes down to in Australia, even though it's not as quite pronounced when it when it, when I mean pronounced beyond the shores of Australia, number one because Australia is even though we you know we have the internet we have you know an interconnected world, distance still matters. It has always mattered uh, for any human civilization. It will continue to matter until there's no longer guess what a human civilization. If they put people on the moon or Mars, distance. <laughs> As crazy as, go- as it's going to seem, and I'm not meaning to, uh, you know, um, trivialize any contribution to our larger story of our human story. I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those silly people that doesn't think that's important. What I'm saying is that distance still matters when it comes down to information and how it gets out. Uh, if if a native person in Australia, if, even today, when Australia, I believe they. Uh, desegregated um, or otherwise um, as far as a you know through a civil rights process um, recognized uh, their native population aborigines 
And so um, just as we had did in the 60s, Australia finally uh, in the in the 70s, when I say finally, um, it, it's not something that it's a more, you know, that it's stronger uh, or that it's um, anything that. Uh, that native populations, even in the, our United States, uh, my friends um, and colleagues uh, sort of understanding is more akin to what our native population went through. Um, the native population of Australia, they were the same as a native population uh, or, and even the populations of New Guinea and, of course, of the Indonesian islands. Um, the, there were already native populations there. The Aborigines were not brought by the former British penal colonists uh, that would become the Australians, just as in the United States, of course, we know that the British immigrants um, were, if we just celebrated or it, there was just Thanksgiving. Um, for those folks that, of course, may listen to the show and that truly don't, uh, you know, uh, observe Thanksgiving, I understand that. I've never really been a holiday person. That's not playing to the crowd or anything. I, I can understand people really not getting into Thanksgiving, and, and, and you know, uh, at least now it's kind of appreciated that people kind of don't. And so, people, you know, if you, if you, you know, maybe some years back, if you didn't, you know, celebrate Thanksgiving, maybe you know, people look at you like you're weird, uh, or. Or, you know, maybe try to figure out, you know, what's going on. You know, something's got to be going on weird in that house. But but at least now, now people aren't looking at it uh, that same way. And, and that's good. You know, it's always good to allow people to express uh, themselves there. Uh, for sure. And so uh, being able to appreciate, you know, having someone's point of view that um, knows what it is like to see. Uh, and see, that's the other thing, too, um, is that. Australia's native population are darker skinned. And like we were saying, there's you know, native people in China, native people in Japan. There were native people in Australia already when the British penal colonists colonized Australia because of the distance and because you don't have Britain so much right there. Now, you do have at this point other British commonwealths that in relation to India and Australia... And at this point in time, uh, Hong Kong. So there are places close, but it's still not your distance away from the administrative seat of your host nation is still going to present uh, challenges, especially when you're colonizing uh, Australia. As we know, the coastal based economy it has to be. That's not because people are, are, are aren't uh, don't have You know, aren't in, ingenuous. Um, or having ingenuity, um, it's because Australia does have a very harsh climate. Uh, there are people that do live on the interior of Australia, but it's nothing like our coastal-based, uh, sort of like the story of, of California and our West Coast, how it's had to grow into this uh, other economic sort of identity, honestly, and political identity, um, is because that, of course, California is nowhere near D.C., so Cali, Australia, um, these places in the world during the time that we're talking about, right, where people are impacted, man, impacted by um, the economic institution of slavery. Australia, they didn't have slaves. They didn't bring them. 
They had a native population there to subjugate. And we do use the word subjugate because we don't mince words when it comes down to how um, nations were found, you know, what colonized, man, it happened. Whether we're talking about the range wars in, in Argentina, when it comes down to Spanish um, colonization of South America, or whether we talk about, of course, the Trail of Tears, and we just, once again, had Thanksgiving and all the conversations that come with that. Like, there's a real reality that there is an imposed harm that has happened on people that nations have not truly, um, it's not atoned. It's not just that. They haven't, man, repented of the true harm and wrong that's been done to either native populations or as we have in the United States and, and, the, and the really um, strong subject um, that we're really hoping or, or, or at least the, um, the scope of what today's show is going to be um, about here that um, as opposed, and, it, and it, it's great, man, to have someone that's able to appreciate, you know, people that look like me or, or sound, you know, or, or, ha- or, 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 you know, come from my ethnic origin being, you know, black in America, man. You know, having someone able to say, hey, man, Man, I, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, that I, that I help support that. Because we share not just the affiliation Navy, but we're in the same age peer group. And in our age group, the millennials, right, this, because uh, there's the, the younger Gen Xers, right? So folks that's born in like 78, 79 on down into like my, uh, I'm 11 years older than my younger sister and nine years older than my middle sister. So we're in the same peer group. And so are the people that are a little bit older than me. I have a couple cousins who just hit 50. And so we're all in the same sort of uh, experience group around the world. You pick a country and we were all, um, you know, driven toward the same expression and hope that we would uh, in our new thoughts and, and not being our um, predecessors. Right. Like we grew up, we didn't grow up in 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 civil rights where. Uh, like we're in just recent news, right? Jerry Jones, the uh, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, and that's why we're talking about here, like peer groups and age groups. Jerry Jones, as a, he was a teenager in this photograph. And this is not to, you know, this isn't some tirade or whatever. Um, but what we're saying is, is that, yes, there are in America as opposed to Australia and my friend's esteem for wanting to support, like, you know, for example, the Joe Biden and things, right? Because for him, Joe Biden is a better ability for what he's able to appreciate. And what I'm, you know, I'm able to appreciate that too. But for him, it really is a thing for people not to, you know, to, to be at least overtly um, not bigoted. We'll say that. Not saying that they aren't, we're just saying at least for what he would even know as being targeted through law or targeted through speech, people um, really uh, not acknowledging uh, 
Native Australian Aboriginal people as people. Like he would know, you know, he would know that and, and, and have, pro, you know, functional hearing and knowing that this is how people are treating people of color in his country before he gets here. And then to see, you know, man, I, it's crazy how, you know, over the course of someone's life, man, they could navigate all sorts of highs and lows, man. And for a lot of people around the world, see, we're thinking Michael Jackson is not just the music. Here's a black man in this country, America, that they know is messed up. He's able to do that. So that's why the stars is not just because they, you know, uh, these stars are black and that, you know, you know, the forest jeans and all that stuff like that. Man, people are really acknowledging like they don't see that in their country like that. And even here just recently, they're, you know, are, are, are able to, for example, the stars out of the UK, when I say stars, I'm not saying that there wasn't beautiful black music being made over in the UK. What I'm saying is take a look at the acts that came out of there. You have what? Um, of course, the Beatles, right? Um, who, you know, we all know um, are all we're all, all talented uh, musicians or music, you know, songwriters, all that sorts of things. But, you know, they're they're. Um, you have a certain kind of 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 way that their music, where the way they sing and things that is very reminiscent of the uh, blues and and uh, early, um, you know, uh, 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 R&B and soul music. Uh, you know, they, there was a lot of emulating that. And so, but that's who would be, you know, and even as we take a look, right, even in recent history, we have Adele, right? Beautiful voice. Oh, my goodness. I loved Amy Winehouse. I, I you know, she, you know, and, and God rest her soul, man. Uh, I hope she found peace. Man, some measure of it, man. A lot of people are hurting. Um, it's not that they seems like they're hurting. They are hurting. And and, and I, I can appreciate somebody listening to music, you know, and, 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 and once again, being of a peer group and, and, and seeing people differently, you know, and being able to appreciate that. So when Adele, you know, sings and, and man, I, I and, and what's his name, Sam Smith, like, and wanting to emulate, and they're not saying that they're making their voice up. I'm just saying, like, to have the, a gift like that and be able to express it like that, and, and and now not being able to, you know, be afraid of singing like that for fear of somebody saying, you know, you singing like you're black or or. And I'm not saying that they are singing like that. I'm just saying as their music carries a certain melody, a certain cadence, um, and certainly. Um, you know, delivery and, and, and all those things where it, certainly the influences of soul music and things are there. Uh, it, it's it's awesome how people can look at, you know, people like Michael Jackson, man, Marvin Gaye. Uh, of course, we know Josephine Baker back in the day being able to go over to France and things. So because for those nations, those colonized nations, they're black people, Louis Armstrong, going on, you know, recording in the UK and things. James Sowell um, and, and, and uh, 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 James Baldwin, um, be, you know, going overseas and having these debates. It's not that they didn't have voices 
you know, and of course, Bob Marley making music is making music from being a, a person living in a British colony, man. You know, Jim, you know, that's man, there's a real man. Look, we're not saying that there haven't been great strides, man, made in the United States. What we're saying is, is that even now today in the United States and to put it into perspective, Australia hasn't been around as long as the United States. Uh, as far as being a colony and then, and then, and then you know, it, so it's not one of those things where, where these are 400-year-old institutions that we're talking about. We're talking about, we're not talking about when slavery started or for how long it is. <laughs> we're not talking about colonialism and, and, and colonization and, and how long that is. What we're saying to you is, is that for the sake of a still functional living age group. Jerry Jones was a adolescent in his appearance at this moment in history. Imagine that. Someone that would make history owning a team was a part and was present during the making of history when it comes down to desegregation in the United States. Someone that as far as having a sport which is a good produced by the uh, entity that is the Dallas Cowboys or that is the uh, NFL, they produce football and people consume it and it's consumed around the world. And so the reason why that Jerry Jones uh, in the picture uh, when he's uh, uh, there present during the... um, uh, during this charged nature um, there uh, of preventing access to this school for, for African-American children. No, he wasn't. It didn't in the picture. He does not have like a rock or he doesn't have like a weapon or anything. He is there looking. Um, I can tell you that it doesn't look like he's there with menacing eyes, but it's crazy how these things that seem so far ago are not that far ago. They're not. It may seem like they are, but it is not. They that it is, it is not that long ago. Case in point, when we talk about the difference between my friend's appreciation for you know what he sees are you know great efforts at allowing this freedom of expression and access to economic upward mobility and such, and the measures. You know, that when it comes down to, you know, public aid and those things, when you're coming from nations that uh, a more European sense where that's that's not really between the left or right or conservatives or socialists that for European people. What, like a European immigrant to America, if it's not a country that went through massive uh, reforms or restructuring and all sorts of violence when it comes down to people. Uh, some of my uh, Serbian brothers and sisters and, I, and Albanian brothers and sisters, man. Um, and I say that because, man, I have people I care about that are Serbian and Albanian and that were affected, Romanian, um, that were affected, Polish, that were affected by 
what happened in the late in the 70s and 80s and families having to come here because it is war being brought on your people and people uh, from the Czech Republic. I, I get emotional talking about that because there really are people that I know that really when they're talking about how they, you know, see what happens in, in, in America and how different how it affects them. Like, like I listen because I know where they're coming from, at least as much as I can appreciate that. The reality of what it is, is that even in a European sense of having a piece of infrastructure that's just by committee, hey, there's public aid, this is what you do, or this is, this is how you access the public, you know, public transportation, this is how, you know, it just is. It's, it's, it's not that way here. Case in point that there are people, not many now, not, not many, that would be just a little bit older still than Jerry Jones. These people may not, there, there's, uh, for the, um, sake of, 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 of comparison, there are no longer any living World War I veterans. There are no more. Now, there are people that are still around uh, that were um, adults during that time frame. Not many, but there are still some. As a matter of fact, we had two past recently, Betty White uh, and Cicely Tyson, who were born in the early 1900s. They would have been young adolescents to mid-adolescents when World War I started. So we're not talking about their generation of, the little, of people that were a little bit older. So that would be like for me, the folks that I know that are like 50 and were like 52 and up. For me, those people would be gone in a peer group comparison. So I might not have my older cousins around, but I still have a couple of friends, a couple of people that are a little bit younger than me. You know, we meet up for coffee every once in a while or maybe even a couple. We might even be in the same nursing home, you know, for some people. So there are still those folks that are alive, but the adults. Or the folks who maybe a little bit older. We don't have any of those folks around um, anymore that are tricentarians or, or, you know, where they were, were born in the late uh, 19th. Then they were, so they were born in like 1880 or 1890-something. Uh, we don't have those folks around anymore. Now, we do have their younger generation who would have been there so if you not not anybody that was born in the 1890s but those that are born in the 1900s or 1910s those people are still around that is to say that even though you may not be the immediate generation that would have been born either into slavery before emancipation or any of the folks born into the Reconstruction era or the sharecropping area, if you're from the South, and the destitution 
that came with sharecropping and the working still of people for their freedom to ply a living, to sell their goods. Not everywhere in the South was Rosewood, man. Not everywhere was Tulsa, Oklahoma, when it comes down to Black Wall Street. There are some successes, even when it comes down to the state of Florida. First, Black Attorney General, was Attorney General Gibbs, and that was, that's the United States of America. First top lawyer of a state that was black was actually in Florida in the aftermath of Reconstruction, which also Florida is the home of Rosewood, Florida. So there are some, but few, success stories in the aftermath of slavery Madam C.J. Walker, the forming of many of the historical black colleges and such, but not everywhere was this opportunity available, which is which would drive someone as educated as Booker T. Washington to say, hey, the best economic tool that we have to our upward mobility is for us to take the skills that we have as opposed to doing anything else. And through that, we would be able to function in a United States that has W.E.B. Dubois, Dubois and Dubois, sorry. <laughs> I always mess his name up. I messed it up as a kid, man. But, um, This great dialogue between the two of them, you know, is it education or is it working? For the most of us, we didn't have access to the education upward mobility, even with all of the historical blackness of a Bethune Cookman man. That is for Mary McLeod Bethune, the great black educator down there in Florida. The thing is, is that in the areas where it wasn't, that is where we have, you know, we talk about infrastructure and the way things are built. It's crazy that in the aftermath, we talk about industry and, 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 you know, because I know this, you know, when we have these conversations, oh, that was in the South, slavery was in the South, they was free up North, man. Yeah, but see, here's the thing, though. <laughs> they didn't have black people yet in a lot of these places. I'm talking about free soilers and Abraham Lincoln and these people, what they believed in. The other part to really <laughs> saying that you really don't want slavery around isn't just because, you know, we, we don't, they, 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 they didn't want black people around. Yeah, there's another flip side to that. When you need black people, <laughs> guess what's going to happen in a place that you've readily made them available for you? You're going to get black people. So as the industrial north was building itself, places like Chicago, Milwaukee, and a lot of those places, Cleveland, Minneapolis, St. Paul, at least when it comes to the river, 
Chicago and all these areas were not the bustling metropolises they were. They were just port cities, man. Their accessibility to the trading corridor on Lake Michigan. And you say, well, if it wasn't really built up yet, well, how did it get built up? Because back in those days, the port cities of Chicago, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, St. Paul, once again for the river, Cleveland, they were all on, they were all ports on the Great Lakes, which the Great Lakes were a large shipping corridor, not only between the states up north, it was like its own interregional sea, like just like the Mediterranean. All the Great Lakes are connected. You can navigate all the Great Lakes. You don't need uh, overland routes. You can ship from Minnesota all the way to New York without even needing to go an overland route. Thing is, is that having a large northern <laughs> tract of land, and this is not to get into you know the geekiness of of, of climate, uh, um, you know the, the the workings of the climate, but the way that it goes is is that normally when you have a large area of water, that large area of water is going to influence things like weather. But if it's a large body of water, it's going to have generally its own weather. So navigating the Great Lakes, it wasn't like navigating calm, you know, river, you know, river waters where, you know, they had powered, you know, either either by steam or or even, you know, uh, by wind. If it's if it's a sailboat, you know, back in the day, it's not like the waters of Lake Michigan and, and Superior Huron and Erie and Ontario. Um, it's not like uh, that. It's just these calm, you know, calm waters. They're legit like the Mediterranean Sea. So there are storms, huge storms. Um, the, the Northeast has the Nor'easters. Um, essentially, the Great Lakes, um, all of them, not really Erie and Ontario, but surely Huron, Superior, and Michigan are large enough where they have large bodies, large enough bodies of water to where they can truly influence the weather. And so there will be essentially nor'easters on each of those great lakes. When I say essentially, because it's the, 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 there's also a lot of land around there. So it's mostly limited to when you're traveling on the water. Not so much inland, but on the water, this this great navigation, you know, that this natural way to 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 this natural in, in, inland sea system. And then with the, of course, and it's not to you know give this history lesson, but in all of this economic activity, guess what? You need people. If you're a rural place like Minnesota, Wisconsin, or Michigan, or Ohio. Pennsylvania, New York, even when it comes down to Buffalo, um, these places needed people. And if you don't have people already made there, then the people that you have are what you're going to get. <laughs> Imagine that. And so as all these black people were living, the leaving the destitution of the South, it's not just because it's, there's a lot of people, like I said, that their families somehow we're able to navigate all of that and, 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 and it'd be, you know, uh, somewhere where they were able to have some semblance of a generational uh, wealth. 
Even in the face of that, I'm not saying that was like everywhere, but for a great deal of people, it was not great. So they left. Imagine that the same thing people do here. And imagine that even in the recency of industry and factories, guess what, y'all? We still had to build a nation the same way we've built them since we've been building them as a functional human person. If we find the water, the water usually leads us to something. And that's what happened. The folks came to the United States, remember, well, some of them did, looking for the Northwest Passage, looking for a way into the United States from the water. Well, it's not that you can't do that. It's just that we had to help it along. So, yes, you can get in from the ocean into the Hudson River, I mean, the, 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 Hudson, the, the Hudson Bay and navigating that in between northern, the northern part of what we have as, as New York and Vermont and, and, all, and, and all those northern state areas there. Well, that, that's a huge body of water. But that actually connects up to the Great Lakes. What doesn't connect up, um, uh, 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 or I'm sorry, what doesn't connect up is both of those. But you can connect them because... All you need to do is build the St. Lawrence Seaway. And that's what happened. So once industry was able to happen, because now you can, it's not just shipping goods from Minnesota uh, to the, from, from, from like Iowa and all the, in Texas, you know, going up through these, you know, navigating these, as we know, uh, trails and such, uh, you know, getting all this stuff up to the ports where you could ship it off. Well, if you were Minnesota, it worked out because you're right where the Mississippi River starts. So you can navigate goods up north as long as you can get to, to the Mississippi River. So that's where you have places like Memphis, for example, was huge. Not because it's a, 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 a oceanic port because Memphis really was in, in, in the gateway to the south. Missouri, Missouri navigating the Mississippi River between St. Louis and Memphis, those areas grew because they were major stopping points for goods to make their way up north to be shipped instead of an overland route that really didn't exist. You can get goods up to you can get goods to the river because naturally that's the way that the earth is made, man. Yes, you can. Uh, you know, blast things with dynamite. You can do all these things. You can, you can, you know, turn the hills into, into nothing. But by and large, the way that the world, the earth is made, we've had to settle on the rivers because we came to find out they go places. They usually go places to where we need to be. Whether you're in Egypt or in Cairo, Illinois, on the Mississippi River, it's the same thing for you. But the United States did not have people. I mean, they didn't want Native Americans, right? They put them on reservations. So they didn't let the, you know, unless you were in an area uh, of that development, if you're a Native person, that's kind of messed up because they're building everything without you. And you can't even partake in that. Meanwhile, you can be a black man that nobody has seen in these places before, let alone want, but they need these people for the factories. So you say to yourself, hey, I've never had slavery. I, I, I can bring black people up here and it's just, just going to work out. Even though I don't want them, it'll work out. They'll just work and I won't see them. <laughs> yeah, like that. It's not going to happen that way. And it didn't happen that way. And so folks that left 
the destitution of the South to go work in factories of the North to have some access to earn a living. They did earn a living. Guess what? It's not like there is no romanticism of, of days gone by. It's not to go back to days where where everybody works in the factory because guess what? Everybody worked in the factory. Everybody didn't get paid the same price, you know, the same, the same uh, salary. It didn't happen. You know, uh, when we have that appreciation, like I said, my friend has appreciation. This is not to, but in other countries, labor and things is different because it's in homogenous societies. So when you talk about um, wage discrepancies, it's not the same thing. See, if everybody's a white Australian and we really don't have any native people in here because we've already relegated them to nothing, then our experience is, is to let you know, okay, they're going to start. Uh, you know, you know, coming in here or, or, or but there's not many of them because we've kind of there's not many of them. So you, you don't have to worry about something where you have a terrestrially a terrestrial built uh, implosion of immigrants that you didn't count as anything but property. So it's a little bit different on how it affects people here in the United States. And that is to say that there are still people. Right now that are immediately affected by American slavery. There is a, a, a dedicated effort by uh, folks, uh, the uh, uh, American descendants of slavery, who are seeking uh, the pathway to reparations. And it's not a irresponsible thought at this point when most of what the efforts have shown is that the openness to the government stimulating itself as you know that's not vulgar but if you kind of have a you know a, a a thought of your mind in that that's exactly the kind of thing that that's it's it, it's a principle priming the pump government spending it's not you know, it's not that it, it, it hasn't happened before. We, that's what we did to spend ourselves out of the Great Depression. It's not just printing money and all these abstract ideas as much as it is for the economy, the, the um, entity that an economy is. It, the, 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 when we talk about entity, it's not saying like a spirit or anything, but the, the functional economy that hap has happened since we've been on Earth. Okay, is that you got to trade something to get something. So what happened when we have the founded of factories weren't existing in the United States. Factories weren't around when people were picking cotton. They might have had, you know, textile factories and things there. Um, but you know, and, and mills and those sorts of things. But as far as industry with machinery and, and things, you know, replaceable parts and all those things like that, that is not where the pilgrims were. And from the pilgrims to the folks that are firing cannons and, and tarring and feathering British tax people and all that stuff, that really is not ancient times. It's like the same amount of time from the kids of the kids who were in slavery to somebody like myself or even my kid. I'll put no, no, I'll use 
my son. For that person to my son, that's about the time frame from pilgrims and anything in the 1600s to 1776. It's not not a lot of time. So much so that it's not a lot of time for Jerry Jones to still be alive and present when this country was still coming to grips with we have to treat people not like property but like humans and they have to have access to the same things that we have given to the people we've acknowledged as citizens this hold at this point uh, to the bicentennial was 19 so about 100 years or so 140 years or so what we've been doing yeah so um yeah 50s yeah so i'm sorry 170, 180 years. Because like I said, the 200, uh, our bicentennial was in the 70s uh, there. So, you know, skyrockets in flight afternoon delight. That was our bicentennial. Oh, yeah, 1976. (laughs) It was sometime in the 70s. We we turned 200 years old. This whole thing started in 1776. (laughs) My public school... My public school math is just as good as anybody's. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Uh, so at the point where Jerry Jones is in the photograph, yeah, we're at about the 170th year mark of treating people like less than property. And so uh, and right around when it turned 200, we, were near, we, were, we weren't even 10 years to civil rights and, and the war on poverty. And, and, and all those things, man. Like, we're not even 10 years into it, really. Yeah, the 10th year would be 77. There was an oil crisis and all sorts of things. A war. Assassinations. Like, it's a very charged time going into the time that we're in now. And there are many people who are, who are still living who were the first pretty much impacted generation of people in the aftermath of slavery immediately to where the economic systems that we kind of talk about and all those things and that we need representation to to sort of discuss and, 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 and to have these conversations and to and see that's that's why when I you know have any you know sort of uh, 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 exchange or when I say exchange it's not like it's, it's charge or anything like that but you know, it's because it's not a debate. It's not really a conversation because we're not talking on the phone, right? I mean, we have talked on the phone uh, on on the on the messaging thing. Um, it was great to catch up with a man and, um, and everything, man. Uh, but it, it's what has happened here is that often the figures who were directly responsible or present, the same as the Jerry Jones of the world, there isn't much difference between Jerry Jones and Joe Biden. From experience to access to upward mobility to both being elderly white people. Joe Biden, literally, and this is not conjecture, his elder statesman who would have, of course, shown him or otherwise he would have had great esteem and affiliation with Strom Thurmond and the once longest serving Senate pro tempore blocked civil rights like this is real. 
the, the votes in the room against what was going on is no different from Joe Biden to what Jerry Jones was having to be present in life for. And that's the reason why when you say, well, why, why is X, Y, Z not because the urgency is not there from those people, unfortunately, because their experience is going to be different. Even if you were just there, uh, you know, just trying to, hey, you knew what was going on. You didn't show up because you want to see kids walk to school. Now, you may have there been there to, to but you were not there to just see kids walk to school. And you certainly were not there to uh, hold the mob back. There is a real thing, man. It's not hyperbole. It's not some pro consciousness, aqua boogie stuff of the world. In the deep places that we haven't talked about, because for some odd reason or other, we haven't had. Uh, quite as transformative as a minority voice as maybe we've demanded or hoped for. I will say that. But in places that are not talked about, there are going to be people that have represented or may still presently represent as much as Jerry Jones was just in that photo, as much as lynchings have not stopped in the United States, this is not hyperbole to say that some of the people whose either hands that you may wish to shake or have a high esteem for were present while some poor black man was dangling from a tree because they was there at a picnic. And I know that there are folks that when it comes down to black consciousness stuff will say, yeah, they were certainly there at the picnic to see a black man hanging from a tree and some of them people is on TV smiling in all of our faces. Not just, it's not, he's smiling in your, they're smiling all our faces. That is the problem, man. You cannot seek consensus with somebody that has tried to kill you. There is no consensus there. The only other thing that you can do is end the aggression against you as not to call for violence. My God, what it is, is a call to distancing from that which continues to harm any community that we seek to represent. And it doesn't matter who you are. This is not some, once again, some anti-Jerry Jones tirade. It is the real reality, man, that that is just somebody present while people are trying to prevent kids from going to school. We are not talking about the photos, not the photos that are on a photograph, the ones that are in your mind of knowledge, kernel thereof, man, as the military puts it when it comes down to your knowledge, kernel or otherwise of what has happened in any incident or oh, catch-all um, article. If you know it, it doesn't matter how you know it. If you know it and you haven't said anything, it's, you, it, it's not a good day for you. Here's the thing. When we talk about not um, a certain um, religious expression and such, it is certainly understandable. However, there are aspects 
of a great number of faiths that have also led to a changing of what, how we express our, our carnal human selves. And that truly is repentance. I would believe in the efficacy of anyone saying, hey, man, the concepts or premises that are, you know, if you guys promote those out there, they're harmful. No, the people are harmful. The, the, the premises are not. And the premise of repentance is not something harmful. Because what I am telling you is this. As much as Jerry Jones there was present at that, like I said, is not saying that someone did go out and stop somebody physically. But as far as a spectator, the only reason why you're going there is because a great deal at this point in time of people that are around you. Once again, this is not now. This is then. And it's now then. My goodness, I think I just... That might be a great... <laughs> that might be a great uh, uh, sort of movie... Uh, uh, movie dialogue there. But... At that point... When that's happening... You're there with a majority of people that are there to observe something in antithesis. Now, you don't have to be that same person now, but much of that worldview, just as my friend's worldview, as much as I know that where it's coming from, from him, like I said, I get emotional because I really do. My time with my friends um, was, is, and, and will continue to be important to me. What, however long or whatever, uh, you know, what, you know, things happen, man, people die, you know, all sorts of things, but I have always appreciated, um, uh, hearing their point of view, uh, and, and really wanting to understand it, man. And so I get it, but man, um, uh, Jerry Jones, Joe Biden, not saying that they're politically the same. They would have, though, as the majority, majority at that point in history, they're then now or they're now then. But they would have grown up in the same with Donald Trump. There is no difference really between the people as much as there's no real difference between me and my friend um, who is, like I said, he's not. Completely, you know, decades older. I believe I know Paul. I believe he's younger than fifty. And I'm sorry, I did not mean to. I I didn't mean to say his name like that. But um, but like I said, I have a high degree of esteem for him, so it's hard for me to acknowledge him and then not. So uh, Paul, if you happen to hear this, uh, not saying that that stuff is you know solely what you believe. It's just my appreciation of what you've expressed to me. I think that's the best way to sort of say, you know, that if I, you know, like I said, I never would mean to offend or to use any uh, of my personal um, experience in any sort of antagonistic way. Uh, I'm just, you know, sort of bigging up my experience of my friends um, or people that I have degree I esteem for or have ever cared for and have cared to listen to what they've had to share. It's just that it's a misplaced esteem for the people that are currently representing that. I think that's the best way I can put that. Because you can't count on Jerry Jones 
to go along with what the black players are saying. If at a great deal of what he was built off on was that a different world and different time, but that's still who he is as a person. All John Locke uh, philosophy stuff and all that stuff to the side. The same Joe Biden that would have got the keys to the game from Strom Thurmond. You don't do that if someone can't shake your hand. Like if I can't completely, you know, engage with somebody, I, they won't have any any acquaintance with me. It wouldn't matter if we were colleagues on the Senate or whatever. Seriously, if I wasn't vibing with this dude, I wouldn't be with this dude. I might, you know, we might sign the same bills. You know, we might even be in the same committee. But as far as who I'm gelling with, I'm not gelling with that. I'm not eating lunch with you. You know, we're not taking none of that. We're not doing any of that. We're doing that the least amount as possible. And I am saying that to say this. He wasn't around Strom Thurmond and just like, oh, I'm just cringing at all the cringeworthy stuff this dude is saying. Nah, you wouldn't have. Same thing with Lyndon Johnson. There should not be a person of color that, it, that, that, that holds a, a degree of esteem of Lyndon Johnson as being someone that did something formative for them. There should be no more esteem for Lyndon Johnson than there is for Richard Nixon. Because these people's thoughts of who they could see in their mind. What, I've listened to the Lyndon Johnson tapes when he was talking about stuff in West Virginia. Who lives in West Virginia? Lyndon Johnson's experience as a young man down in Texas was not a young man whose dad served in the Texas legislature and then uh, went through hard times and had a hard time feeding his family. So the young Lyndon Johnson had to go work on the railroad. He was, this was not some, some Lyndon Johnson that, you know, hey, I, when we went through this bad time and I went to go work on the railroad, I was working alongside these you know, black guys. And I said, man, they need a chance to. That wasn't a man doggone experience. The folks that would have some degree of camaraderie or, or working relationship with the Lyndon Johnsons and Strom Thurmonds of the world are the Joe Bidens of the world. There is no separate. There's no, well, are you, you're being, you know, overly, because I, Donald Trump, no one had a problem with anything Donald Trump was doing. It's not, oh, he's done such and such and such and such. <laughs> the same Donald Trumps are the same Joe Bidens of the world. <laughs> Believe me, if Donald Trump was any bit of a problem for these people, he would have been in jail a long time ago. Just same thing with Jerry Epstein. This is no you know, conspiracy diatribe as much as say this. We see the system all the time. There's certainly celebrities who've gone to jail and all these sorts of things. But if what someone is doing is really not a problem, you're going to let that person be out there. It's almost like the one figure now, Charleston White, we're almost about to end the show, uh, where, you know, he's this figure and he does these, you know, things and says this. And, uh, it, 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 that sort of thinking is his own is its own thing but one of the things that 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 you'll see um uh you know when it, whenever it comes down to this person uh charleston white is that everything 
a great deal of the um, actuation of what he's saying. So if I happen to say, hey, man, I have my gun on me, you know, I'll shoot somebody. You know, you can defend yourself and say that you're about defending yourself. I'm a whole Republican uh, former, former candidate for office. And so I know about, you know, want to defend yourself. But this person doesn't say they're going to defend themselves against everybody. They're only defending themselves against the next person they're next to, which is another black man. If there were any, like when we say, you know, if, some, if they don't have a problem with stuff, they'll just let stuff go. They don't have a problem with anything that Charleston White is doing because of who he's doing it to. If Charleston White was saying every time he opened his mouth, man, I'll shoot me a white person. I'll do this to a white person. Man, I'll do this to an Asian person. Man, I'll mess an Asian person up if they ever come by me. That person, that he wouldn't be, that he would be canceled. If that dude said, man, let me see an Italian person. An Italian person walk up on me. And I ain't doing nothing to him. I'm going to call the cops on that Italian person. That's not what that person's saying. So it's just, I, I, I understand, you know, stuff having expression. Apparently, if it exists, it exists. You know, I don't know if local realism is real. That's a whole nother we'll Come with another show with that. But it can't be both, though, man. It, it, it just can't be both. So it's not that it seems like that things here uh, aren't as great as they should or could be. It's not that it seems as though if there's not much being done to rectify some of the uh, subject matter, especially when it comes down to reparations and seeking a pathway out for that. It's not that that's not functional. It's just that just as we were just talking about Jerry Jones and Joe and Joe Biden's and, and these folks, um, Donald Trump, they're not going to see the urgency in anything beyond their own experience. The most elementary element of jurisprudence is that the law is made by the people who make it. That doesn't change just because Joe Biden is not Donald Trump. If they both live the same life, just about one person had more money than the other one in the formative years of their life. But they sure seem to come out to both the same upward mobility, though. Imagine that. However, we have one exception, exceptional exception, that was able to navigate that. And even he isn't exactly um, just a, a lay person of, the, of, of, you know, just, you know, Barack Obama also had some accessibility um, of upward mobility. Uh, of course, being able to attend school um, in Indonesia. Uh, and, and, and be able to be abroad and things. So uh, that's the time we have for the show here today. Please listen and share uh, the union address. I'm Will Everson. Y'all take care. Be safe.